0: Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. Awesome is our God. I was just on my face before the Lord and And, uh, and, and that, that passage from 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9, just, just thrust into my head. The eyes of the Lord, they roam throughout the earth, looking for whom he might make himself strong. Those who are fully committed. Those who are fully committed. And uh, as I was, I was just down there, I had this picture. Ever played with Google Earth, you know, looking for your, your, your house or your holiday destination or whatever. Ever started out from that global perspective and just gone... <sharp inhale> and keep shrinking it in and shrinking it in shrinking it in and you see and you get right down I just felt like the eyes of the Lord were just going all over the earth and he's just looking and he's looking and he's just bringing it down, he's focused and he's focused and he's focused. Not to the extent that he's not a God who sovereignly loves all people, looking at all the world that he sees and, and that, but just his eye and I just praying, God, would you let your eye just fall on us? Would you let your eye just fall on our church? God, the hunger that's in this room tonight, we're, we're saying, God, that we, we're going to be fully committed. God, we just want your, your eye to fall on us so you'd, you'd show yourself strong through us. You see, that? that's not about us. It's not about whether I carry the strength or you carry the strength that so he would show himself strong through us I just have to be the vessel, I can be as weak, I'm called like a, a clay jar in the scripture, you know why because the treasure's within, it's not something that, that we have to have, it's something we carry and I was just hoping that the, the Lord would just see and, and see us as a family, see us as someone in whom he would entrust the next great awakening of revival across the world that would be through us and, and that he would just pour out his spirit and in, in, in Increased measure in, in unlimited measure upon us not for the sake of just those who would be in this house you know I've said it a thousand times I'll say it again you'll get sick of me saying it you know few may come in but thousands can go out you know as God increases those who are in number here it's us that go out it's what we take in which we carry with us but bottom line we've got to be fully committed Bottom line, there actually has to be a difference in who we are and the seasons are coming. I believe that, you know, uh, he's going to look for those who are, are ready to be able to run with what he wants to entrust in our hands. And that's what I kind of want to speak to you uh, tonight about. You see, we, we live in a world where there's just a kind of never-ending barrage of innovation. Would you agree? It's just There's innovative ideas just coming around the corner, left, right, and center. It doesn't, it's found in the way we pay our bills, the way we educate our kids. It's the, the new technology that we have, the, the various different ways we go shopping. The list just goes on. It seems to be endless that there's all these innovative ideas that are out there, these intention, because behind every idea, there's an intention. There's a desire behind the idea for something to be faster, to be better, to be sweeter, to be um, you know, cost effective, to be cheaper, to be whatever it might be. And our society has just gone mad with it. I mean, we're creative people that are always looking for these new ways to do all of this different stuff. But anyone who's ever just had the idea knows that that's actually the easy part. The idea, the, the intention of what we have is the easy part. The hard part is actually to land that sucker. It's actually to do something with that intention that actually becomes then the execution. And people in business world, they call this the intention-execution gap. There's a gap, they've actually called it something as they've studied businesses, as they've studied ways in which this innovation, these ideas they wanna come out, we find that, you know, what happens is you can, you can have all these great ideas, you might even believe it's gonna be a, a world-changing idea, but to actually execute it becomes something really different and we have this gap we're faced with. You know, this happens to you, it happens to me, it happens to us every year, it's called New Year's Eve. Yeah, we get there and we go, we have a look at the past and we think, you know what, I'm just going to be a better me. I want to be a better me come new year, right? And so we have all the sweetest of intentions to be the better us, you know? For some of you, it's going to be, I want to quit this, I want to throw away that, I want to get rid of this habit, I want to put this into my life, I want to be better like that, you know? And we start to dream up the strategies that go with the intention, right? And then it happens, all the best intentions in the world, and we go, is it really February already? I haven't started that. That's an intent execution gap right there, happens into our lives all of the time. Now people who study this type of thing, they're going to say to you that the longer you uh, remain in that place of only having the intention without the execution. You know what? That's going to form a habit. It's going to get hard to to, to actually shift. You're going to have to work extra hard to move yourself into the space where you can actually find that execution comes because you're going to stay in intention because you're going to fool yourself into thinking that if I just like the idea, somehow it's going to happen because we're full of great ideas. You know what? The Christian faith is full of great ideas. So many good ideas. Jesus had most of them. Thank you, Luke. That's good. The rest of you, are working on it. You work as hard in this message as you did in the worship. I'll be a happy man. You know, bottom line, we need to execute the plan. You know, we've been talking about this, this passage from Luke chapter 10 for the last... Three weeks now, this is the third week that we've been in this series called Real Change. The reason we've called it Real Change is, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to, to think about something, to have the intention, it's another thing to bring execution. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 28, familiarise you if you have been away from church or you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, catch up time, here it is. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, that meaning Jesus to the test, saying... Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Jesus interrupted by a lawyer. This lawyer Pastor Joe was talking about the other week, you know, It's probably an off duty priest, a priest with the experts of the law, the law of God. And this lawyer does an amazing job of kind of summarizing up the the whole of the entire Old Testament moral and theological teaching down into this one phrase. He, He quoted what is called the Shema. We find it in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it was most likely something as a, a prayer for the whole family. It was a prayer for the nation. It was a prayer to devote themselves completely, fully. It's like that Second Chronicles passage 16, you know. As the Lord, looking for those who might, might find them strong, those who are fully committed. So they would say this prayer, this Shema. They'd say it at night. They'd say it in the morning. They'd say it on their way to work. They'd say it when they're putting their kids to bed. They would say it before a meal. They would say it as they're at their workplace. They would say this prayer. You could be walking down the street. If you were saying this prayer, you wouldn't interrupt somebody because they're they're saying the Shema. They're fully committing themselves. They're showing themselves devoted to this passage, to this moment, this ready dedication, a declaration of love for God. Every part of their life Heart, soul, strength, mind. And we're taking this verse and we're looking at this, this passage out of Luke 10 as a, a way in which to look and say, If I do these things, I'll really live. If I do these things, this is what's going to bring life and, and, and life that is worth living to the full. When Jesus was asked something very similar in another part of the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 22, someone came up to him and said, Jesus, why don't you you tell us what's the greatest of all the commandments? And he comes back and he says, love the Lord your God. Everything you have basically quoted the Shema. That's Jesus quoting. These These are good ideas, right? These are great intentions. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Every part of us giving it over to God. But here's the kicker. That could be the very best of intention. I'd probably find it hard for any of us to argue that that is actually, if I'm going to be a Christ follower, is not a really good thing to do. But are we doing it? We can't afford in the life of of, of being Christ followers to have an intent execution gap in our lives. We owe it to the world. You see, they're looking for something in which to hang their hat on. They're looking for something in which to believe in. They're looking for a place in which to belong. And when we have all the best intentions of being the light of the world, of being the salt of the earth, and we only leave it at an intention, there's this yawning gap of execution about living out the Christian life and we become absolutely no different to the rest of the world. What's required is a wholehearted life encompassing allegiance to God. See, the context of this passage back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, let me read it to you just briefly. You would have heard it in previous weeks if you're here. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We've even got a better understanding of that now since Jesus came. He's the one in whom, you know, ties all of this together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you, they're to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And really good Jewish people would find execution of the intention by wrapping it on their foreheads, by writing it on their wrist, by putting a plaque up on their door. But what he's actually talking about is this needs to find its way in absolutely every area of your life. Love the Lord your God, our God, Holy Spirit, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in one. The triune God, love Him with all everything you have in every aspect of your life this is supposed to work its way out into the relationships you have whether it's like with your kids that it talks about in here whether it's the work relationships with your friends whether it's at family and home and wherever it might be this is supposed to be a way in which it applies to absolutely every aspect of our lives it is a a wholehearted life-encompassing community impacting exclusive commitment God wow this truth means that that every closet of our lives needs to be opened up for cleaning every relationship in our lives must be influenced this call to love God this way it destroys any option of being one person at church and another person when we're not here What you do on the internet needs to be just as pure as what you do when you're reading your Bible. The way you speak to people out in the rest of the world and your friends when you're not here at church needs to be the way you'd speak to your senior pastor. The way in which we relate to one another, love on each other, connect with one another, stop for the brokenhearted, pour out mercy and compassion on those in need, needs to be done out there in the real world, not just when we're in here. This is what it looks like to be wholehearted. This is what it looks like to be fully committed. There needs to be an authentic love for God that starts with God-oriented affections. I love Sundays. Don't get me wrong. I love Sundays. It's actually my favorite day of the week. And why? Because, see, I'm called to train and equip the saints. So when I see you all excited about loving God, I just start dreaming of what's going to happen this week. I love what's happening here now, but I love what's going to happen out of the testimony of this week. That's what really excites me. Some people said to me once, you know what, do you you like me coming and saying, that message was a great message? I do. Okay. Better than saying it sucked. All right. (laughs) But but what I really love is when you come back and you say, you know what? I, I put that into practice and this was the fruit. I prayed for someone and they were healed. I told somebody I was a Christian. I prayed for somebody who was in need. I gave some money to somebody who I was just generous, like beyond belief this week. I couldn't believe it. I love hearing that. See, these God-oriented affections and desires, these thoughts that start here when we're gathered together, they need to permeate our speaking, our behavior. They need to influence the way we spend our money, how we dress, how we drive, our forms of entertainment. Whether we're eating or singing, jogging or blogging, texting or drawing, the love of God, heart, soul, strength and mind needs to be there. Ephesians 5, listen to this. Ephesians 5, 15, it's even, be very careful there. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You you might want to just circle the word careful. Be very careful how you live. Interaction time. What's the opposite of careful? Oh, someone had it. Come on, be brave. Careless. The opposite of, of careful is careless. Literally, the Greek in this passage means don't just stumble through life. Don't just drift through life. Think it through. Know why you're here. Know the meaning and the purpose of what your life has to offer. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't waste it. Don't be careless. Be very careful and be wise. Try to understand what God wants you to do. Be real honest with me. Shake and wave your hand if you would really like to know what God wants you to do with your life. Come on, come on, be honest. Yeah, have a look around the room. No, don't put your hand down. If you had it up, keep it up. Have a look around the room. See, that's nearly all of us. Nearly all of us would say, yeah, I'd like that. I can tell you tonight what he wants for your life. Are you ready? I have the answer. I have the answer you've been looking for. Because God knew you were going to ask that question. He wants your whole life. The entire scriptures from front to back could be summarized in He wants your whole life. He wants your whole life. I've read this thing front to back several times. I can tell you, there is not a a verse in Scripture that says it's okay to give God 10%. 20, 30, 60, 70. Reverse the tithe, 90. I give Him 90%. 99. Not one. Not one time does God say, just give me the 99%. He wants all of you. A hundred percent. I don't mean just all of you. I mean all of you. Everything that makes up you. Heart, soul, strength and mind. That's what he wants. Absolutely every part of you. There is no mystery to it whatsoever. Romans 6 verse 13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Completely, whole body. C.S. Lewis once said, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Now, if that's really true, If he actually deserves everything that you've got, wow, that's an amazing concept. It's a great intention. How about the execution of that? See if it's not true, well, quite frankly, you don't need to be here right now. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important, it's either all or nothing. It's either true or you know what? Just go determine the rest of your life yourself. They're the two options. People say, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I'm telling you, He just wants you. He wants all of you, heart, soul, strength, mind. He wants all of you. We heard from Joe last week about dealing with our souls. That was a tough message. God really worked me over last week. So good. Learning to have Jesus set our identity as a child of God, understanding what it might look like just to enjoy Jesus' invitation to rest in a whole new way of life. I came out of that message going, God, I don't feel like it's easy or light. I feel like this yoke is a bit heavy. I'm Somewhere I'm believing a lie. Somewhere I'm just going after the wrong thing if that's the case. Would you reorient me? Would you reorient me? Loving God with our hearts. Well, that seems very practical, doesn't it? Love always has something to do with the intention of the heart and the matters of the heart. Next week, Pastor Ryan's going to be talking to us on standing on one leg, all about unseen world of our minds that continually need to be reoriented and governed by the love of Jesus. But what does it mean to love God with all of your might? What does it mean to love God with all of your strength? You know, the word translated might or strength in the Deuteronomy, Shema, the passage that that we're looking at when in the the form of Luke 10, usually functions as an adverb. The, The adverb is very. Happens actually 298 different times. The noun version, the one we have in this Deuteronomy 6 passage, is found in only one other place. And it's almost an echo of this passage where in 2 Kings 23 verse 25, Josiah, the, uh, the, the king, turned to Yahweh with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might. You know what goes on to say in that passage? There was no other king like him before or after because of his commitment to give God Everything. So, if this word usually means very, what would it mean to love the Lord with all your veriness? Pastors get to make up words, preachers, particularly. We just get to do that, okay? It's like authors today, they do the same thing. We can do it too. Veriness. What does it mean to love the Lord with all your veriness? Interestingly, the Greek translation for that word, as we see it in Luke 10, is power. The Aramaic translation is wealth. Love the Lord your God with all your wealth. I think both of these might actually be pointing in the same direction. The strength of a person is not simply who they are, but everything that they have at their disposal. The strength of who you are is everything you have at your disposal. Think about it. When Moses is talking about this and love the Lord your God with all your strength. He's talking fast. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. Just could be the outworking of loving God with all your heart and with all your soul. Those inner workings with all your mind becomes a way in which it's activated. And then therefore, we have the close down of this intention execution gap by loving the Lord our God with all our strength, with everything we have at our disposal. Well, what do you got at your disposal? What's yours to give? Family? House? Finances? Tools? Phones? Music? Movies? Computers? Time? I don't know. List goes on, right? What about just the things you're really good at? What about your tangible capacities? What if I was to say to you, your strength looks like what you're really good at? Your strength looks like what you have going for you. Maybe it's your talent. Maybe it's your influence. Maybe it's your abilities. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your time. What are you capable of? And how do you go stacking up loving God with all of those things? See, a lot of people, they try to sit on the fence. They say, well, I'll serve serve God in my spare time. It's like we have this pie. We want to cut it up. This is my work time. It's a big piece of pie for most of us. This is my family time. This is my relationships time. This is my time at church. This is my time of serving at church. This is my this time. This is my God time. This is my and we like to slice it all up. And God says, I, I can give you a pie to slice. I am the pie. Don't try to slice it up. He wants everything. He wants it whole pie. He wants the, the whole deal. 100% of you. And, you know, we go around, we try to pigeonhole God. We say, you know, God, I'll just give you 10%. He wants it all. He wants your whole being. You know, that, that there's a myth that says that you can do it all. That's actually a myth. That's not true. You cannot do it all. You cannot have it all. You have to give it all to God. This is interaction time again. There's a verse that's about to come on the screens. It's in Matthew 6, verse 24. Let's read it out loud together. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. cannot. Jesus does not say should not. Underline it. Put a circle around it. Cannot. That's the truth. You cannot serve both God and money. He says it's impossible. What's he talking about? He's saying it's absolutely impossible to have two number one priorities in your life. It is absolutely impossible. As soon as something takes number one priority, there is no other equal number one. It's either a priority or it's not. If it's not number one, it's two, three, four, five, six or seven. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter whether it's money or not. I think it does matter that it's money. I'll get onto to that in a minute. I think Jesus is touching a, a raw nerve in most of us because our finances are our security, right? Our finances are our strength. It's where we find our strength to be able to do everything we want to do. And so it can easily fit in the number one priority. Jesus knew it. But maybe, maybe getting a good education is your number one priority. Maybe getting your career established is your number one priority. Maybe raising your kids is your number one priority. Maybe being your spouse is your number one priority. Maybe finding your spouse is your number one priority. And he says, you cannot serve God and something else at the same time. Give it up. He said, I want it all. I want to be totally in charge of all you have. So the real question is this, who's going to be first place in you? What's going to be the number one goal in your life? You see, all of those sort of things, maintaining good health, career, family, saving for retirement, I don't know. Put, put your list there. They're not bad things. This can't be number one. God created most of these things. God approves of pretty much all of those sort of things. God says, you're going to have no other gods before me. And whatever first place in your life is, that's your God. Anytime you have something else in your life that's number one and it's not God, that's called an idol. And God says that's wrong. He says, I want to be number one in your life before everything else. I'll bring it back into focus in the right way, he says. I'll pull it all together. There's an event in the life of Jesus we read about in Luke chapter 9. He's walking down the road and this guy comes and says to him, I want to follow after you, I want to be yours. And Jesus says, yeah, come on, come on, come come with me. And he goes, but let me first go and do something else. In fact, he said, let me go first, bury my father. Now, that little phrase, Lord, let me first, that's a contradiction. You can't say Lord and me first in the same sentence. If you're saying me first, he's not your Lord. He's not in charge. He's not number one. So you have to decide who's going to be Lord of your life. Is it going to be God or you? Let me ask you a really personal question. Where are you saying to God me first? You know, even those of us who, who know our meaning through knowing God, we know our identity, we know that we're his children, we know that we're loved, we know that we're forgiven, we know that eternity is secure. We're even trying to live our lives honouring him. You know, that's, this is still pertinent to all of us. Where are you saying, God, I'll, I'll live for you, but let me first. Let me first, let me first get the kids out of the house. Let me first establish my career. Let me first save up for that investment property. Let me first, let me first pay off my mortgage. Let me first finance my kids' education. And God says if I'm not first, none of this is going to be in the right perspective. What excuse do we keep God, giving God for putting ourselves first? I've got a secret for you. Are you ready? If you give it all to Him, He'll take care of the rest. I'm not being rude. Jesus said it seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Even the Old Testament knew it. Proverbs 3 verse 6, in all your ways submit to Him. He will make your path straight. Another way of putting that is in everything you do, put God first. And He will crown your efforts with success. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be a successful, meaningful life if we want this we must love him with all our strengths, everything that you have at your disposal that's your strengths I'm going to really simplify it now to land this okay, because after 23 years of full time ministry these are the three areas of people's strengths in large form category that most people have struggles with, are you ready? the first is money are you actually loving God with your finances now this is where it hurts all of us okay I'm more than tithe out of my my thing I'm more than tithe I'm happy to tell you that I give more than 10% but you know what can money sometimes be my God Oh yeah, oh yeah, when I see something and I don't have the cash it and I think about putting it on credit, when I forsake giving it generously to someone in need because I just want another toy in my garage, in my camper trailer or whatever it might be, I don't have a camper trailer, if you want to give me one I'll take it. (laughs) See there it is, ouch, ouch. But what about you? Where is where's, where's it for you? Are you oh, I wish Jesus had not been so all in common. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul. All everything that you have at your disposal. First one is your finances. Are you actually, Are you actually loving Him with your finances? second is your time how are you loving God with your time do you give him the leftover time or do you give him the first part of your day oh, I was interviewing someone for the pastors job for a kids pastor they said well you know what I have kids myself and so I get up at five o'clock every morning to spend time with God Wow, that's that's good. I like that. How are you going with your time? Do you love your God with all your time? What about your talent? How are the abilities you've been given, being used by God to love others and serve others? To bless each other here, elsewhere. Money, time, and talent, they're the three things. Here's the challenge. Just give me an indication if you think they're all really good ideas. They're good intentions. If you're smart right now, you're just going, Well, I don't like it, but you're correct. You're right. You know why? It's not my ego. It's okay. Jesus said it. (laughs) Jesus said it. Of course, it's a good intention, right? It's a great idea. Love God like this. But is there an execution gap in your life in these areas? with your strength. Now, you know, loving God with all you have is as simple as as making sure you take small steps in the right direction with your feet still pointing in the right line, right? We might fall over, get back up again, just make sure you're pointing in the right direction. Take another small step. What small step are you going to take this week on those 3 areas? Just one small step for each area. One small step for money to to move towards loving God with all the resource that you have. It doesn't mean giving it all away. It means being prepared to give it all into His leading, His instruction. He still is the number one priority. What does it mean to love God this week? What's the small step you take with your time? Might be that you commit, not just commit, but you actually do it. Just giving him the first five minutes of your thoughts every day. It's a small step. But God will bless you. Facebook that early will not. Instagram will not. They're selling you ideas. They're just not the ones that will prosper you. Wake up and just take a small step of loving God with your time right at the start of the day. You don't have to get up at five. Do all of that if you can and you do, that's fantastic. But just just start a small step with your time. What are you going to do with your time to love Him? With your time, what are you going to do to love Him with your talent? Just a small step. What is it? What are you going to do? He's made you so unique. He's made you so wonderful. He's given you something special to share with everybody else. How are you going to use it? Have you been hiding it away? Time to invest it. We have a season. The season is coming. Revival is on its way. I am not much more certain about any more things in the life of this church than I am about that. I'm more certain about that than the concrete going down in this building. Are you going to be a participant or a spectator? This series is getting you ready. Real change, question mark. Real change. Are are you ready? Are you ready to be used? I want to be one of the burning ones. I, I want to be one of the burning ones. I don't want to just watch others burn for God. I want to be one of the burning ones. I want to get house in order, right? God's getting us in order. How do I bring it back into I love Him with all my heart, my soul, my strength, everything I have at, at my disposal, and I love Him with all my mind, and we'll touch on that next week. Now, if this is just you just... You're prepared. And I, I, I did this this morning and I, I hope it'll take effect. Uh, I'm going to get you to close your eyes in a minute. I know there's lots of people when I say that who just won't want to do that. I, 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 whether you close your eyes or not, I'm trying to do this. What I'm trying to do is I'm going to get you to want to stand because I want to pray a blessing over you to close the execution gap this week. All right. I don't want you to stand just because your partner stood or your friend did or I'm looking around the only one's sitting down. That's why, you know, so you can feel so comfortable with your eyes closed, you know. And believe it or not, you can actually stand with your eyes closed. There's a seat in front. Just feel it. You can push yourself up. Okay. All right. Close your eyes. If you want to just say, God, I just, I want to close the execution gap on those At the disposal of everything I have, in all of my strength, I want to take a small step again towards loving you with everything I have. Money, time, talent. I just want to take another step. Why don't you stand? I want to pray for you. I want to bless you. We did a really cool thing at the beginning of the service. We raised our arms up as just a thing just saying, yeah, God. I love open hands, you know. God giveth, God taketh away. He uses them, He blesses them. There's a wonderful psalm that says, establish the work of my hands. I, and you might just want to pop your paws out before you and keep them open. That's just a symbol of just going, you know what, God, everything I have at my disposal, that you've put into these hands, I hold lightly you have it all jesus <laughs> i just sense the love of the father his eyes are looking down as they roam throughout the earth and he's he's googled in <laughs> he's locked in he's looking now not at the, whether you're standing not with your hands around. he's looking at your heart and he's going oh I love a broken and contrite heart that I'll not despise I love a people who will give of themselves to me that's who I'm looking for the fully committed that's who I can show myself strong so Lord as we stand before you now as we stand arms wide open hands outstretched just saying God it's all yours We know at some stage, I know for me, I'll probably try to snatch something back. Just remind me, Lord. Remind me. Remind me that it's all yours. Remind me that I'm all yours. I'm all in. Heart, soul, strength, mind. All in. Close this week, the execution gap between the intention of wanting to live out this verse we know we can't do that without your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, now just let a mighty unction of your Spirit fall in this place. An anointing and, and a, a courage. A breaking off of lies and things where false gods have been put in place. Where we've gone after the other and we've put it first. But God, now we reorient. We, we come back to, 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 we reset, we recalibrate God. So that, Holy Spirit, by your strength and by your power, we would live for you, heart, soul, mind, strength. God, in every way, we'd live it out. We give all of us to you. Bless, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.